I'm late. I'm late. Very, very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my new series, Parish. My character, Gray Parish, was a getaway driver. I'm retired from life. You know that. He's in a world over his head. Tell me about this driver job. And he's asked to start to figure things out. I did what you told me to. He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Hell, I suck at dating. With Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to an all new episode of Help I Suck at Dating. I'm Jared Haven, not joined this week by Dean Ungler. He's taking the week off, probably golfing. I am joined by the beautiful, the wonderful, the amazing, the sincere, the sometimes smelly, my wife, <laughs> Ashley Iconetti, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Hi. Welcome to Help I Suck at Dating. Thanks, babe. I like being here. All right, so we want to continue the conversation that we were just having. Our, our wonderful producer, Easton, is on the line right now. You guys know Easton. And he just saw a movie for the first time. No, no, no. I'll tell the story then. I thought he just saw it for the first time. <laughs> no, no. He saw it for the first time since he was 12. So last night he texted me. He said, I'm watching Titanic for the first time since I was 12. And I just asked him how he how it was. And he said... That movie is an absolute masterpiece. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Five stars. Oh, it's so, so good. You said that you cried. I did. I did. You know what? That that first so I was thinking about it. The Titanic video was two tapes. Everybody knows yeah. that. The two VHS tapes. And I was reading that you can figure out what kind of a person it is if they're a tape one or a tape two person. Oh, I've because, always been a tape one. Well, the question is, when does tape one end and where does tape two like, begin? I think tape two begins like just after they hit the iceberg. Yeah, it's it, Exactly. Yeah. So tape one ends right when the, the like boat architect is like looking at the blueprints and saying, we have an hour till the ship mm-hmm. sinks. That's where tape one ends. Um, but that, Mr. That, Andrews. First, <laughs> that, that first half of the movie, when they're like courting, that gave me the same emotions from like when you first start dating somebody and you're just like so excited to be in love. And like, 
I felt like I was falling in love like with Jack at the same time. <laughs> That's amazing. There is this chemistry between Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio that is hard to replicate. Yeah. Those two, you know, everybody wants them to be together. They're best friends in real life. And obviously they're not going to be together because Leo's dating a 21-year-old now. <laughs> but the chemistry on screen between those two, top notch. Do you think that movie's a chick flick, Easton? No. I do not. I, I do not because there's so much, even if you're not interested in the romance aspect, which how could you not be? But if you're not, there's so much cool. Like, I mean, James Cameron like filmed the real Titanic for that movie. Like, it's like insane how much uh, like movie making feats he, he achieved. There's enough like s- ship sinking special effects, like that second part of the movie where the ship's just cracking in half. Like that just kicks ass. And it's it so still cool holds to up see. today. It still looks so realistic today. It's really it's- unreal. It's insane. I cannot believe I'm like, this was in 1997. I can't believe it looks like a real ship is sinking. It's crazy. I mean, the biggest question I have for you, Easton, is was there enough room on that door? Don't be a cliche. Jack to stay afloat and not have to die. Listen, James Cameron has addressed this. He said that if the two of them were on that door together, the water level would be too high and they would have both died. Okay, I've seen that. There's like an article that came out like what ten years ago where it showed all the different configurations where it could have worked. All I needed to see was he tries to climb on and it starts to sink. That's yeah. all I need to see. It's, it's not about space; it's about weight. Yeah, it couldn't handle it. Thank you, Easton and you Babe. Bet- I'm disappointed in your cliche there. Well, um, I I really did it for the audience. I'm not I think lie. that they I think, think it's cliche this, too. This conversation is more for us than it is them. Okay, so let me just say a couple quick things. My sister and I literally, like, as a 12 year old, we would watch it and then we'd look at each other and we, we were like still embarrassed to say that we had a crush, but we would be like, so we're gonna rewind it and watch it again. Like we would sometimes watch it twice in one day, but then oddly, when it came out into theaters, yeah, yes. When it came back to theaters, I believe it was 2012 because it was the the 100th anniversary of the sinking. We went to go see it, of course, in theaters, and we cried for the first time ever. The first time ever in 2012? Ever crying. No, the first time I ever cried while watching Titanic was in the theater because Lauren and I had never seen it in the theater because we were too young. My parents wanted to, you know, skip over the booby scene and skip over the car scene. You didn't see Titanic in the theater? When I was 12, when I I was 11 or 12. I saw it in a drive-in. Well, I wasn't even 11 or 12 when it came out because it came out in 97, December 97. So I wasn't even 10 yet. No. Yeah, we're nine. (laughs) Okay, I'm. I'm not meaning to be boring, but it was just so crazy the effect that it has when you're just sitting in a theater for three hours straight and you're only focused on the movie and how much more of a powerful experience that is. Well, I like I like when you can watch a movie as a kid and have an appreciation for it and have a love for it, and then you watch it as an adult and you still love it as much. You just have a different appreciation for it. I had this feeling. This is going to tell a lot about my character about the. Uh, original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I loved and obsessed with over as a child. As a child, and then I grew up and watched it as an adult. And there's so many adult themes and emotion and character developments in that movie that took me literally like watching the movie. I felt like I was stepping back because it really took me back. The fact that there was so much good in this movie 
that I could appreciate as an adult and not have to watch it back and be like, oh, wow, I can't believe like I was so obsessed with this as a kid. Yeah, but you saying that story makes it sound as if I haven't watched Titanic, Titanic at least yearly since I was that age, because I do watch it at least once a year. No, but you said that the first time you cried was when the you watched it as I an adult. Cri- no, Jerry, the first time I cried during it was when I saw it in theaters. In 2012, you were an adult. And I was an adult in 2010 and in 2011 and 2009 and all so of those So it was years. the theater. It was it the wasn't... theater. That was my point. That was the point of the story. It was not seeing it as an adult. I still watch it at least every year. I try not to burn it out because every time I watch it, I want to feel all the nostalgia. I want in my body to feel all those little senses that I did when I first saw it. All right. I have a question for both of you. What is the movie that you cried most while watching? Ever? <laughs> Ever. The movie that you just Niagara Falls. Well, for me, it was A Star Was Born. <laughs> oh, my sister's keeper, Becky says. Oh, my God, my sister's keeper. I also couldn't breathe in the theater for that one, too. Is that with Cameron Diaz? Yeah. Oh, okay, never saw it. Easton, you got one? I think I, I, I Riley's think... saying The Notebook. I mean, I definitely couldn't breathe yeah. in the theater there, too. But, like, I think my most, like, holy crap, I think I might have to leave the movie theater was probably A Star is Born. I mean, you, Jared saw it. Oh, my God. It's, 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 spoiler it. alert. But obviously, Bradley Cooper dies in the movie. And at the end, when Lady Gaga is singing the song and it transitions to Bradley Cooper at the piano, at the piano, finishing the song after his death. <laughs> oh, and then it just goes to black and it's dead silent in the theater. And I just heard next to me. <laughs> It wasn't like that, no, Darren. It was were, more like. <gasps> oh yeah, she was, and then she just like. <gasps> I was like, "Good God, is she choking?" <laughs> Easton, what about you? Do you remember a movie uh, that you just like? Not Avengers Endgame. Can't count that. I, I I sincerely think the movie in my life I've cried the most was Captain America: The First Avenger <laughs> in 2011. The what was? Why'd you cry? Because I, so I cry. I watch this movie often and I cry every time, but uh, I cry when Steve Rogers says, I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from and like seeing how good of a man he is. But then I also, there's a bunch of different parts of that movie that I cry, but then out of sadness, when spoiler alert at the end, (laughs) he has to crash the ship because it's going to blow up New York or whatever. And he's telling Peggy Carter that how much he loves her and everything. And like knowing that they're not going to be together. Oh, makes me sad. cry. If Easton isn't the it's sweetest soul of all time, I, I don't know, know who right? is. Mark, do you have a movie that you just unabashedly yeah. cry during? And but to Easton's point, I feel like guys cry at different kinds of movies than women cry for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like when I go and see, you know, The Notebook or Beaches or one of these that make, I'm like, okay, Beaches yeah, did not do doing. it for me. I see how they're trying to manipulate me into crying, and I'm just, I'm cynical. Uh, Field of Dreams. Okay. I cry oh. every time I watch. Oh, when he's it like, "Dad, day. you want to have a catch?" Oh my God, right. just stab That's me. That's the one. And I also know it's coming. So, like an hour before it happens, I'm already crying because I already know that's where we're going. That one and It's a Wonderful Life always make me cry. Okay. Oh, it's a wonderful that's life. Respectable. Babe, when was the last time you cried during a movie? Well, I was trying to think of the movie that I cried most at because yeah. I agree with Mark. I think girls cry during romantic comedies, like Riley said. The Notebook. Becky said, Those "My aren't Sister's comedies, Keeper." Yeah. Those are just romances. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, I digress. But guys, they cry for different reasons. What I cry about, 
I mean animals. Anytime there's an animal oh. that dies like, in a movie, a, I'm a done. A dog's promise or a dog's purpose. Marley and me. Oh, oh Marley, Marley and me. And that dog, Marley for sure. Like just. Marley and me. I mean, I didn't. I, I didn't want to do anything for two weeks afterwards. And then secondly, Homeward Bound when yeah. Chance. Shadow. No, when Chance, Chance is like down and caught. I don't know if you guys remember, but his leg is caught or something, and he's like telling them to leave him oh behind. I'm like, oh my God, I can't I can't take it anymore. My sister, we wanted to watch Homer Bound a couple of years ago, and we put it on the first five minutes. She's like, you have to turn the bus. I mean this. You have to turn it off. I cannot handle it. Um, but wait, can we backtrack for a second to... We do have um, to move on to I know, the, I know, to, I know, but you were just... But I like this But wait, topic. you were just saying um, oh, Marley and Me. When my sister and I watched Marley and Me when, like, years after it came out and i guess it ended at like 1 a.m we were just we started it late we were youngins and we had to call my dad we had to facetime my dad and have him facetime our dog at the time we we're like no we have to see lucy now oh god just heart-wrenching i love how ashley how much of ashley i is in this show because we talked about titanic and crying <laughs> for the first 10 minutes oh it's fantastic yes. this is what the it's people so want to so hear true. yeah you know um, all right. Well, we do have to get to some headlines. We do have a great guest. We have Joe Piazza who's coming on. Now, she is the host of two podcasts. She's a very busy woman. Yeah. Uh, one called Committed and other one called Under the Influence. And she writes tons of books. She wrote uh, a book called How to Be Married, uh, which is now available on Amazon. I guess you and I should read that, huh? How to Be Married. I don't know. We do a pretty good job of it. Knock on wood. Yeah. I know. Oh, I Maybe know. our question should be like, hey. Everything's been like super easy. Yeah, is that a so, red flag? <laughs> is that going to be really hard when something is not easy? Does that mean that we should be really scared for the future? Well, that's something we should obvi- obviously ask her, and she's coming up in just a few minutes. Now, we did have some news within Bachelor Nation. Uh, Matt James, the former Bachelor, uh, says he's pursuing a relationship with his ex, Rachel Kirkconnell. Quote, I'm focusing on it. So People Magazine caught up with Matt. Uh, he was doing... Something, I don't know, some promotion. And he said, I've seen Rachel a handful of times. Uh, I'm not pursuing any relationships right now outside of that. I said I was going to focus on my relationship with her, and that means focusing on it. And then obviously he was asked about Rachel doing the work, uh, educating herself on racism. And he said, quote, that's something you could talk to her about, the former Bachelor said. A lot of what I'm focused on right now is the work that I'm doing in the community and with the training for a marathon, he's also obviously running a marathon soon. That's pretty awesome. He said there's no chance he'll be in paradise and no chance Tyler Cameron will be in paradise as well. Uh, my initial thoughts on this, uh, I, I want to preface this with saying I think Matt's a really good guy. I like Matt a lot. Why are you smiling? You know I had a man crush on Matt. I know, I, was- I know. I, my husband is so sweet. Every time he's about to say something like critical – he has to start by saying, like, I love this person. This person's so great. It's like, you know. Well, Matt said after the final rose that he couldn't be with Rachel because she needed to educate herself on, uh, you know, what she did wrong, specifically with the antebellum party back in 2018, uh, and that it was a journey ahead of her that he w- couldn't be a part of, um, that she needed to do this by herself, and um, that was the reason why they broke up and why they couldn't pursue a relationship anymore. And he said it, he, you know, uh, that she didn't understand, you know, yeah, yeah, what yeah. it's like to be, sorry. I'm just like, obviously we get, we know, we know the story. I know. I'm glad you cut me off. Cause sometimes I speak too much. <laughs> uh, my question is what's changed. 
well, you know, because he was asked in this and he completely just avoided the question saying that's something you have to ask her. Well, honestly, Matt, no, this is a question we have to ask you because you were the one who said you couldn't pursue a relationship with her because she had to go on this journey on her own. And he said that he didn't want to be emotionally responsible for her tears. It was something I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like that. And, you know, I'm not criticizing that, but my I'm, I guess I'm criticizing his response to People Magazine when saying, well, that's something you'll have to ask about her, her, her journey. It's like, well, Matt, you need, you know, if you're hanging out with her, she's obviously clearly still in love with you. I would hope that he's not pursuing any other relationship with somebody else. Um, but he also didn't say that they were committed. Um, it's a little confusing because there's such a, you know, there's there's so much background between the two of them. They were obviously in love. They left together. Then there was all these things that came out about Rachel after the show. Um, so, so I would like to know what has changed in, you know, in the two to three weeks after the after the after the final rose so to me let me preface this again as jared did with from all the times that i've met matt really enjoy him right yeah i feel like him dating rachel now so soon after he he seemed very definitive on after the final rose kind of makes it seem like his behavior on after the final rose was phony or for for looks because he obviously wasn't he he didn't not want to be with her and he certainly seemed on after the final rose like he did not want to be with her and, matt, and everybody was saying remember that like after the after that episode people were like there's no chance zero chance they're ever gonna be together but but like there obviously well, wasn't obviously i feel like chance, there was something very much still in his heart and something in that moment in his mind that thought like oh maybe i do want to be with her soon rather than later yeah and this is something that i can certainly not relate to uh but you know there was a time where i was very confused about my feelings towards Ashley and I was vocalizing that I was definitive and that it was, it wasn't going to happen. And you are, you and I were just going to be friends. And I was truly lying to myself and I was lying to you and everybody else because I knew that I was more confused than what mm. I was leading on. Very similar. And I'm curious. Well, well I mean, it's you know, not oh, similar. Actually, I don't want to relate the two. So sorry. Yeah. Not similar no, at all. It's not similar. No. It's his, their situation is a lot different, but I'm saying this is the closest thing that I can really make an analogy to um, is that I'm curious if Matt was more confused than he was leading on. And, uh, and maybe he, you know, now he's, trying to figure out maybe i do want to be with rachel so that's all my thoughts about it right now um i just hope they're happy i hope they're doing well uh moving on there's also uh an article written on us weekly from a neuroscientist dr Kristen willemeyer ways oh ways in chris Kristen <laughs> willemeyer uh weighs in on why bachelorettes are more successful than bachelors which we have talked oh, about no. Uh, she said that women are primed when we're young. We believe in fairy tales. We watch the Hallmark Channel, the romantic movies, a.k.a. Titanic. You know, we're already thinking about our wedding at a young age, she said. Uh, so I think the Bachelorettes come on with a very clear purpose and intent. And because there's an extensive screening process that goes on to even being selected for the show, the men that they're going to select for the women should be a really good match and should be ready to, you know, make that commitment. And of course, we know not everybody can do that, but at least we're seeing that commitment happen more on the Bachelorette. Um, yeah, I, I guess I tend to agree. You're a female. Can you weigh on this? I just feel like the girls are definitely more ready for marriage. They they are going to be less distracted by the men that come after them, after the show, than the men maybe 
I think the men are going to really like love the fame and the girls that come with it. You know, they get their little taste of like Beatlemania, right? They're like a little pop star for a second. And Beatlemania. Yeah. So why? Who's Paul? Who's John? I don't know, Jared. Okay. Do you um, know what? Unpopular opinion. I'm, I'm not the biggest Beatles fan. You're not the biggest Beatles fan. No, I was thinking about that this weekend. I just, you know, it's not that it's an I don't get it, but it, it's, it's, um, like well, also I just, it was a different just, time. They came up in the 1960s when rock and roll was just, doesn't, like, just, they, they didn't invent it, but. No, I, I that's why, that's why it. I appreciate them, but, like, I don't really enjoy listening to them. What about Across the Universe? You ever see that movie? No, I like the remakes of their music more. It's great. Yeah, it's easier to my ears. Uh, I, I anytime Jim Sturgis sings, it's easy on the ears, you know? Big, Jared loves men. Big Jim Sturgis guy. I just have, I, I have uh, man crushes. You know what? Men. There's guys on this podcast right now, Easton and Mark, I think can understand where I'm coming from. There's nothing wrong. I, I'm a very secure in who I am. I just have no, guys, crushes. I, I want to be like these guys. Look, I understand, Jared, because I definitely spend more time on Instagram ooing over girls than I would at guys. I'm not going to lie. A lot of my search feed <laughs> is filled with Henry Cavill. Oh, my God. You guys, do I need to worry? No, it's I just think like there may have been a split second of my life where I was a little worried, and, and I understand, and now, I get it. Yeah, you get why I was worried. Just because I'm very secure in myself, so I joke around a lot as well. Um, like I have a buddy of mine. His name is Chad. And Should we really talk about this? Story? Yeah, I, have quick, we talked quick story about that before before Joe comes on. We're like completely going in a different direction. But one of my good friends, Chad. Uh, we joke all the time. Like anytime I see him, no. like, dude, you look great. You, guys, you look they're great. They're weird. Like they flirt with each other on the phone. Oh, but now I flirt with them like intentionally in front of to Ashley. Freak me out. Oh, well, yeah. okay. So before Jared and I were together, we were driving around Rhode Island because I would come and hang out sometimes, which is like obviously wow, mixed signals. Um, but he was one time talking about Chad, and he was like, he's good looking, he's smart, he has a great job, he's great in bed, and I was like. What in the actual hell did you just say? And I swear to you, I don't even think he was kidding. I think he really said that just assuming that somebody he had that much of a man crush on was good and bad. Uh, no, it was definitely intentional, but maybe it was a for what is it? A Freudian slip. A Freudian slip. Uh, should I be worried again? I don't think so. Maybe I'm going to bring this up to our guest. Be like, do I need to worry that no, my husband has too many man crushes? Not at all, I think. Uh, anyway, moving on. Like we said, we have Joe Piazza, who is coming on the podcast very shortly. Uh, host of the podcast Committed, host of Under the Influence, and author of the book How to Be Married. But before we talk to Joe, we're going to take a quick break. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 
deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. Jared here. Ashley here. Hi. Hello. Uh, we have a great guest. Uh, she is currently on the line right now, host of the podcast of Committed and uh, Under the Influence, also the author of How to Be Married, which is available on Amazon. It is Joe Piazza. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Joe, how to be married? Yeah, so we're married. We <laughs> Sometimes we ask... Our marriage, I don't want to say is too easy because that's not the right phrase, mm -hmm. but but maybe it but is. it's kind of easy. And is that a red flag? Is that a good or a bad thing? <laughs> no, I think that's a good thing. Look, like all there's all of these myths out there that like marriage is supposed to be terrible and marriage is supposed to be hard work. And essentially after the wedding, like we never hear about an actual marriage until someone gets divorced. So I think the fact that your marriage is good means you guys are probably great friends and you have your own separate lives. And that's fucking wonderful. Do you have kids yet? No, Not we're trying. Is that going to be the moment yeah, where it all worried. goes downhill? Oh, oh yeah. That's going to ruin everything. Okay, guys. great. Like, yeah. That's, that's yeah. what we thought. Yeah. Something to look forward to. So I wrote How to Be Married like in our first year of marriage. I was a travel editor at Yahoo. We traveled around the world interviewing couples about how to make a marriage work, right? We didn't have kids yet. I went back and read that book recently. Yeah. And when we now have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I'm like, who were those happy people? <laughs> who were, who were like, that couple seems amazing to me. Okay. I mean, having Having kids makes it like so much better. And also just, you're just tired. I'm just tired, which is why I'm like, it makes it harder. We've been, okay, we've been saying like, oh, we'll be able to do the first kid. Like, no problem. I don't think our relationship is going to change a lot because looking at friends, it seems like it's the second kid that really changes things. True or false? False. I think that the first kid, you're just, you're freaked out. And for women, it's a complete identity change, right? Like, I think there should be another word for it, almost like puberty. Like in no other time in your life, do you become a completely different person okay. than puberty uh -huh. and when you become a mom. So it's tough. I think the second one was hard, but way easier because I'd already gone through that. So like, I'm like, oh, I know how to have a kid. This is just another kid. Oh, see, like, we feel like we could, like, tote the one baby around. We can, like, still go to dinner. We can still yeah, travel Yeah, we'll just fling that kid, kid around left yeah, and right yeah. with us. But then, like, the second one, it's, like, a whole ordeal when you travel or, like, honestly go to the grocery store with them. Yeah, they've just got, they've got so much stuff. One kid is, like, a dozen kids, I think. Yeah. They just, they just, they come with, they come with a lot of crap, guys. It's a lot. A lot of baggage. So what change what changed in you the most? What do you think changes the most as a woman uh, when, you know, becoming a mom? Well, people just start paying attention to the kid instead of you, right? It's oh, like your identity. Annoying. It's super annoying, right? Like your identity, <laughs> my identity used to be like author, Joe Piazza, podcaster, Joe Piazza, that bitchy girl down the street, Joe Piazza. And then it was like, mom, 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 mom. Mm. Um, and just like that loss of your identity, the loss of your, loss of your personal time, the fact that someone, something is, or someone is touching you all of the time, like constantly attached to your body, mm -hmm. your body is no longer your own. 
Um, and I say all this with great love. I really love my kids. They're delightful. But I think the early days, and especially because you're not sleeping, as a husband to a woman who will carry a child at some point, I just have to say, I want to write a whole book for like what dad should do. Like proactively be as helpful as you can. Take the baby away without being asked. Don't, you should never have to be asked to do anything. Clean up without having to be asked. Like the less that a, mo- a new mother can do, the better it is going to be for her. I feel so bad for other, like for my friends <laughs> whose husbands aren't as helpful in general because Jared is always taking care of the dog. He's obsessed with taking care of the dog in the in the way that like he doesn't like it when my mom feeds and takes the dog out for a walk because he says that that is he wants to take care of her that's his baby he wants to yeah, he wants to baby. do that nurturing he cleans up after dinner he straightens everything he's like so helpful whenever we're at my parents well, thank you you're you're extremely helpful as well i don't know about that but in my, different ways but my mom is always like jared's so helpful and i'm and i'm always telling my friends i'm like you know what I think I'm going to be really lucky when this baby comes because I think he might uh, do half the work, actually. I'm also not the one who's uh, being pregnant for nine months. So there's True. like some pros and cons, you know? Yeah, but but yeah. I'm not worried about that with you. It's really nice. Well, I, I very much appreciate that. So, uh, Joe, like we said, you host a podcast called Committed, uh, which mm-hmm. you dive into a lot of uh, inspiring stories. Some are funny. Some are heartbreaking. Uh, but it's all about relationships and marriage. And what are some of the stories that you have heard that have made the most impact on you? So many of them. So I, we started doing Committed after I wrote How to Be Married. I started talking to the podcast company. I'm like, the best part of writing that book were other people's stories. Like just listening to how other people are married and how they do this. Mm-hmm. And The first couple that we interviewed, they had been blown up together in the Boston Marathon bombing. Literally, they were running the marathon and they were both blown up. They both lost the use of their legs and they had to heal and figure out how. And they hadn't been married that long either. They were young and they're a little bit younger than me. So tragic. Um, So tragic. tragic, But like they were also they were just so inspiring Mm -hmm. because kind of like having a baby, like you just, your life completely changes. You become a different person. You're dependent on the other person and just how they got each other through that tragedy was with compassion, but also with humor. That episode is funny. You laugh out loud at that episode because like they keep each other alive essentially by making jokes and by making each other laugh. And it, it just reminds you of the importance that like Life is very short and anything can happen at any moment. These two kids did not think they were going to go run a marathon Mm -hmm. and then lose their legs, but they were just so kind and compassionate and and funny and sweet that it was my first episode. So it always sticks with me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was so good. And then also that first season, we've done six seasons now, which is crazy. We interviewed the astronaut, Chris Hadfield um, and his wife and about how his wife got him to outer space. Like he never would have been able to go to outer space mm-hmm. had his wife not supported him and like done all of essentially all of the legwork, like everything else in life, except for like, he just got to go to outer space because everything was taken care of. And then when he got to go to outer space, she's like, okay, my turn, my turn to do like, you will support me to do whatever I want to do. And she then became a chef and a caterer and like started her own business and her own life. And it was just, it was so interesting to think about it. 
taking turns in a marriage of who supports who and who does what and um, letting everyone pursue their passions, but maybe at different times. I feel like Ashley got me into outer space. You helped me to get into outer space, but Aww. but my outer because like I am a huge movie buff, so the idea because of our our like the notoriety that we gained from the show, we'd have been, we'd have been able to go to movie premieres. So like I've been to Batman v Superman and Star Wars and Bad Boys for Life and all these incredible movie premieres, and we've gotten to meet some of our favorite celebrities. Um, from these experiences, experiences I never thought I uh, I would ever have. And the only reason I have had them is because of Ashley. So you've gotten me out yeah. of space. He's always been like, that's crazy. That's weak. That can't happen. And how many times have like, has he said that? And then it actually happens. Like, <laughs> Jared, come on. You just have to believe. I'm definitely a power of positive thinking person. What I wanted to talk to you about is something that I've been I've been asking some of our couples friends lately. I feel like our generation, when I say ours, I mean the millennial generation, Ooh. is going to have a more successful marriage rate than the previous ones because we're getting married later and um, we're having kids later. Mm -hmm. And more of us are probably college educated. I know they say it's 25 plus and college educated usually jumps up the statistics of a healthy marriage. Mm. And I feel mm -hmm. like now that I, I don't know what the average age is, but I'm saying it's definitely closer to 30 than it is to 25. Probably. What do you, yeah. what do you think about us having healthier, longer marriages? A hundred percent. Like what I discovered from couples all over the world, but particularly actually in France and in Northern Europe, was that the later you get married, the more successful the marriage. And it's because you're a fully freaking formed hu human being yeah. already, right? Like you've done all of the stuff. You've like, you've not only sowed your wild oats, but you've just like figured out all of your baggage and your crap. Mm -hmm. And so you come to the marriage knowing exactly what you want. I met my husband when I was 35. Um, we met on a boat in the Galapagos. It sounds fake. It's totally real. <laughs> I read a little bit of the notes on that. That's insane. <laughs> I love it. Insane. Um, and he was super old. I mean, he was 41 or 42 when we met. And super so old. old, super <laughs> old. Well, I like I just, I take every chance I can to like call him super old. I'm like, <laughs> You're so old, so much older than me. He just turned 47 this week. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to get you your AARP card. But <laughs> he, had dated everybody in San Francisco. I had dated everybody in New York. Like we knew exactly what we wanted and then got engaged in three months and married nine months later. And we're super happy. Like he's my best friend, despite the fact, you know, that we, our kids make us miserable. <laughs> we, we got engaged three months after getting together too, but we also knew each other for three years before we yeah. started dating. So. Right. Uh, right. I think one of the, I would imagine one of the reasons or one of the things that leads to a successful marriage is making sure that you married the right person. Because obviously once you're married and it's about communication and supporting one another and love and prioritizing and, and all of these things that we could talk about. But I, I feel like one of the things that everybody overlooks is you have to make sure that you're marrying the right person and that will lead to a successful marriage. So how do you know that you're marrying the right person? When do you know? It's like the only thing that I'm hippy dippy about. I think what you like know when you know, like, I think there's like a smell. I think like we have this like animal kind of thing that tells us when this is the person that we like should be with for a long time. But I also think like Nick and I asked each other, we asked each other, I think maybe a dozen questions every night for like every single night, like after we decided that like we wanted to like get married before we got engaged and we figured out everything before we got married. Like I knew how he felt about debt. I knew how he felt about kids. Mm -hmm. I knew how he felt about like, 
sex. Like we asked each other all of the hard questions, to like mine all of this stuff. And we were really honest about whether or not the answers were good for us. I have friends who ask their boyfriends, they're like, do you want kids? And the guy's like, no. And she's like, it's okay, I'll change his mind. No one ever changes their mind. Like if like people, people tell you the truth yeah. and then they get yeah. married and then she's like, I'm so disappointed he doesn't want kids. And I'm like, he told you he didn't want kids. You just wanted the wedding. Well, and so I think you have to prioritize like what you want in life over just having that wedding and that party. Yeah, I always think about Jeannie Mae from The Real when, when that mm. topic comes up because she like told her husband, she's like, there's no way I'm having kids. No way, no way. And then they ended up ending their marriage that was perfect otherwise. That, yeah. You know, wonderful relationship, but she just would not. And he was so definitively wanting kids that they got divorced and um, she remarried. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, listen, when you have to listen when people talk, they're telling you who they are. It's interesting, too, because everybody says you should marry your best friend. But one of the things one of the ways that you become best friends with someone is that you literally talk about everything and you find out what your likes are and your mm -hmm. dislikes. And then you have like this you know, attraction to someone, I'm not saying physical or sexual, but to, like this attraction to someone that like, you're always hanging out because you guys like have good chemistry. And I, I feel like a lot of people don't translate that logic into a partner, you know, which is weird because I feel like some of my friends, they talk like, we'll talk about anything and everything, but they're nervous to talk to their significant other about certain things. Maybe it's just because like of in, like like insecurities. I'm not going to say who or no, what. I'm tell, not pointing tell anybody, what, what I'm saying is like, you know, like I, I, a best friend will talk to me about their insecurities or, or something that they feel insecure Are about. Are you making this up for the sake of the podcast? No. I don't even know who you could be referring to. My point being is I feel like sometimes in a relationship. <laughs> no, I want to know who too. Uh, 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 like it, when somebody's dating someone, they won't like be fully transparent about certain things because whether they are just doing it out of comfort or they are insecure about something, but with their best friend, they feel so much more at ease because there's less mm. judgment or less expectations. And so I wonder if people kind of change that mindset. I'm, I, you know, literally I'm trying to just articulate my thoughts right now. So I don't know if it's coming out super clear, but I feel like people should, <laughs> try to look for a partner like they look for a best friend. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Except and, a yeah. best friend that you just want to sleep with. Well, Jared and I... you want to have sex with. Your best friend that you want to have sex with. I yes. mean, that's the ideal totally. goal right there. That's, that, is, that is the... Like, let's just say, like, who should you marry? Your best friend that you want to have sex with. Totally. 100%. I have a Billy go right next to me right now. Oh, my God. I, sh I don't... Well, I left him for five days, guys. <laughs> and I came back and his hair, his beard hair is like a quarter of an inch long. And then, like, his hair is greasy. But I love him anyway. And I, he's still my best friend who I want to have sex with. That's great. Good news. Good news for all of us. <laughs> okay, but listen. Um, there was... Oh, yeah. This is my greatest advice, basically, for people who are thinking, like, is this the right person or not? It should be somebody who you never get tired of. Like, Jared and I are yeah. fascinated by the fact that we could hang out all day long and we are never tired of each other. I, that's never happened with any other person besides my mom, dad, and my sister. Yeah. I think to the most successful couples that I've talked to, they're just comfortable going back to the best friend thing. They're comfortable with each other. Whereas like in a lot of previous relationships, it's like constant highs and lows, right? Like ups and downs and roller coasters and like expecting, almost expecting there to be constant drama. And I think what you guys said earlier, you're like, is it bad that it's easy? I'm like, no, it should like in the beginning, it should be easy because life does get hard. Mm -hmm. Like, Maybe it won't get hard between you guys, 
but like life throws stuff on you like you know we lose parents there's like financial problems so like it should be real easy in the beginning and if it's not you need to look at this and be like then how am i going to get through the hardship with this person right i think also just we have certain expectations for marriage and love that are kind of unattainable but not really i just well I disagree. What do you mean? How could we? Because do we could, could you imagine like, sure, like our happy ending ended up being a happy ending. Thank God. But we were up and down and I was telling you we weren't going to date and we were fighting and then we would date other people and we get jealous of each other. And it was like not a lot of good things at times. But I think a lot of people would view that and say, well, obviously, this isn't the person for me, because if it was the person for me, then it would just be easier and I don't necessarily agree with that logic. I think some people, they make excuses as to why they shouldn't be with someone. And forgetting that commitment is a choice and sometimes can be really difficult. Okay, that's true. Sorry. It's been so long, I forget about that chapter of our lives. <laughs> it was hard at times. <laughs> yeah. It was really hard at times. Yeah. Since we've been together, it's been super easy. <laughs> but I love, but I, love what you just, I love what you just said about commitment is a choice because... So the very fancy French women that I interviewed in Paris about love and relationships, like, that's what they said to me. They're like, you have to make the choice every day. You can't just say that I chose this person on my wedding day or, you know, the day we got engaged and that's it. Like every day you should wake up and be like, I choose you again. Mm-hmm. And like, I have a reason for choosing you again. Mm-hmm. And also on the flip side of that, think that you want to be chosen again. So still act like you're courting that person, that you're still dating that person. It's hard every day. I mean, like, we're not going to do it every day. Life is life, is life, um, especially in COVID. But like, to have that mindset of like, I choose you, I want you to choose me. I think it just makes you put in a little bit more effort. Um, and that's important. I agree. So last question, yeah. Joe, before you go, we're trying to have kids right now. What's your best advice for us? Oh my gosh. All right. So I, I do, I need you to listen to my other podcast, Under the Influence, yep. before you have the babies because under the influence of children is that what it's alluding to no it's under the influence of mom influencers so it's all about mom influencers on instagram do you follow our friend jade no should i call jade we have a season two should i call jade oh yes she's so jade roper or jade tolbert now influencer oh yeah so she's from bachelor she's a huge like she's the ultimate mom she has three kids now she's just like mother nature in human form you should totally Oh my god, perfect. Let's let's 100% have because we're also working on a documentary. So let's have Jade on season 2 of Under the Influence. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's make it happen. It'll be great. But so my baby did not sleep. So all I did was scroll Instagram because you only have a thumb because you've just got a baby here and you just have a thumb and yeah. what else can you do with the thumb? Um but what we do we talk a lot about what it means to be a first-time mother and how it changes your life and how it changes your identity. And so I think that that would be really helpful. My other advice is to everyone thinks about like planning all of the baby's space and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like I say work on your relationship like more the baby a baby can sleep anywhere like a a baby doesn't need a fucking painted room and like all (laughs) of like this stuff work on you guys take nine baby moons Nick and I took nine so we just went on vacation (laughs) I love the idea once a month until month nine (laughs) once a month nine baby moons take a bunch of classes together go to the movies because you never go to the movies right after you have a baby make sure your relationship is so fun and wonderful before that baby comes out because you are you're gonna have to do a lot of work for that baby but don't worry about like setting up all the baby stuff oh the baby doesn't care yeah I agree depending on where we're living when that baby's born like it's either gonna get it's either going to be living in our bedroom or it'll have its own room, but I'm not going to stress about it either way. No, not I until do, they can. 
I, not until they need their own. No, room. and then I know that you know, this is funny with Jared. He um he so he just moved to Rhode Island, his home state, and like his mecca. Like he truly feels like this is like the greatest place on earth. Well, it's because it is, which is very sweet. But I'm like Jared, I want to go on a vacation. Like I want to go here. Like I have like a, the travel itch right now because obviously we haven't gone anywhere. Um, you know, for for fun in like a, right, year, right. a year and he literally thinks that like we can just go to like the restaurant on the ocean and now that's like, yeah. a vacation why I'm would like, we leave Jared. everything we need is right here <laughs> we just, we just moved back to philadelphia which i think is the greatest city of all time and i'm just like okay. oh, this is, like perfect but no take take all of the trips go somewhere beachy we went to mexico city when i was pregnant with my second one and ate all of the food and it was incredible you were okay so, yeah, going there with the uh the zika Mexico City was fine. They're at they're at a high elevation. Oh, okay. There's not mosquitoes. There's not mosquitoes in Mexico City. Oh, okay, totally. interesting. Yep, yep, yep. Totally safe. Um, also, Bermuda was Zika free. We did okay. that one, and then with the first one, we did Hawaii because that was Zika free. Yeah, we're Hawaii definitely going to go to Hawaii soon. Definitely, definitely do Hawaii. We did. We went to Kauai and did the Nepali hike. Um, pregnant, and it was just the best. Oh, wow. Like, the- we went there on our relationship moon. <laughs> it was like the week that we came out as a couple, we went to Hawaii, and it was magical. It was. Yeah, it was a great weekend. Um, yeah, so that's my, that's my best advice. Freaking enjoy yourselves. Thanks. Enjoy yourselves, and the happier you are, the happier your baby's going to be. Well, you enjoy yourself, uh, Joe, now that you're back in Philadelphia, home of the Eagles. Um, so Joe Piazza, thank you so much for joining us again. Everybody listening, go check out her two podcasts, one Committed, which is about relationships, and the other one, Under the Influence, which is all about mommy bloggers. And, of course, order her book. It's on Amazon, uh, How to Be Married. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. This was great. Bye. I'm late. I'm late. Three very important days. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. That was a great interview with Joe. She's so sweet. We do have an email. Anything else to add before the email? Mm, I don't think so. I could just talk about movies all day. I but know you can. I know he wants to talk about the movies. Who's your again. favorite leading man of all time? So Jared you're obviously Leo. 
It is Leo? Yeah. From Titanic. Specifically from Titanic, not from Departed no, or any maybe, other movie. Yeah, from, the Titan from Titanic, from Cast Me If You Can. No, 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 no. You have to choose one Leo. Oh, really? You have to choose one Leo from a movie. Then yes, Leo and Titanic. Really? It, oh, can't be beat. Nope. Mm -hmm. What about Departed? He's so rough. No, it needs to be a romantic character for me. All right, who's your number two? Because Leo's an obvious one. Probably Shane Weston. Oh, I have to remember. Not uh, McConaughey and uh, Wedding Planner? No. Oh, Wedding McConaughey and Wedding Planner is mm, pretty good. But, gotcha. But no, no. It's got to be. It's got to be Landing Harder. What about Tom and Jerry Maguire? Oh. Oh, see? I gotcha. All right, so, maybe Tom and Jerry Maguire. He's right up there. Tom and Jerry. Or I would say. He's right. I think those are my top three. Shane West from A Walk to Remember. Yeah. Tom Cruise from yeah. Jerry Maguire yeah. and Leo from Titanic. Yeah, but also Patrick Swayze in Ghost and Dirty Dancing. Damn. Well, which one, Ghost or Dirty Dancing? If I had to pick an overall pick movie, one. I would pick Ghost as an overall movie. No, 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 no. I want no. Okay, who's your all over? Man? No, 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 no. Patrick Swayze and Ghost. He wins. In yeah. Ghost. Yeah. All right. What about Gosling from Notebook? Yeah, yeah, good. But like, it's so rated. You know what I mean? Like, it's not overrated, but it's rated. And it's like, uh, it's like, duh. Well, all right. Do you like Gosling from the beginning of Notebook where he's clean shaved, short hair? Or do you like him better in the lighter half where he's got the beard? <laughs> Jared long and I hair? disagree on this. I like him in the beginning because I'm so much better at the end. I it's love... not even funny. It's not even close. <laughs> I love like a personality that is like fun and outgoing and, and sociable and like everybody loves to be around him and he's glowing. Like I love that kind of personality. Like that attractive, like that Tom Cruise type of personality. Like I want my man to be wanted to be around. But no, like, I get that, but I like dark and damaged. Yeah, I know, but you aren't dark. You're not dark and damaged. You're I'm the, dark and damaged. You're, you're the other guy. You want to be dark and damaged. Well, I definitely am. I, I try to emulate, try emulate to my personality people. like Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire. <laughs> totally, 100%. No doubt about that one. Yeah. All right, Mark is waiting patiently by as we're just like giggling to ourselves to read this <laughs> no, email. I'm enjoying it. I'm definitely enjoying it. All right. This is from Anonymous. She says, I've been married about two years now. Without going into details, we're both very content in our relationship and have a healthy and open communicative marriage. I have a job that requires me to travel sometimes for months at a time. Most recently, I was gone for almost four months. While my spouse and I do well at a distance, something happened this last trip that has never happened before. Someone I was working with on the trip, I found very attractive and there was noticeable chemistry between us that even some coworkers pointed out. Mm. Since returning from the trip, I haven't tried to keep in contact with the attractive friend because I noticed I've developed a slight crush on them. At what point should I tell my spouse about the crush part, if at all? What would you do? What would you do in a committed relationship when inevitably you meet other people that you're attracted to? Okay, I think this kind of goes back to what Joe was saying, that you have to choose your husband every day. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that you're like you're being wrong or what you're doing is rare naughty or anything like that by having a crush on somebody i think you're being kind of honest with yourself i just think you can't act on it and i do think that it'll slowly fade as you are not around this person yeah a thousand percent listen there's how many people on this earth yeah how many oh i think it's like seven billion seven to eight billion is it really well i'm gonna google this uh but anyway there's billions of people on this earth right now and the odds that you're attracted to one other person than your husband is not that crazy. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, you're doing the right thing by not keeping in contact with this friend. 
you're always going to have like a slight crush or be like, wow, that person's attractive. And then like Ashley says, you don't act on it. You move on because you love your significant other. You're happy. There's no point in you pursuing anything else. You would regret it if you did. You're in a committed relationship and you're fine. Forgive yourself. Don't feel guilty about it. Just move on and let it go. I agree. Mark, what do you think about that? Yeah, you've been married the longest. 18 years. Thank you very much. Um, actually, uh, coming up on 19. Anyway, yeah, I agree with you. I think this is these feelings happen and they go away. So yeah. don't make too big a deal out of them. And if you talk about it, which I mean, some couples would choose to talk about it. That's fine, too. You got to know your husband and how this is going to land. But if you talk about it, it becomes a bigger deal than it actually is. It's just a fleeting thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. It, it will fade as, as quickly as it came on. And that'll be that. Yeah. And you are going to freak him out if you say something. Totally. About it. Yes. And it, it, yes. And the majority of the time, this is not going to become anything. We're all animals, you know. <laughs> all right. Population of the earth. Look at me. That's yeah. You right. were pretty much spot on. Seven billion eight hundred and forty six million. Wow. There are eight billion people on this earth. Holy crap, that's a lot of people. All right, so we just had the one email this week. We are going to um, get your listener feedback. I posted on Instagram yesterday about any advice or tips you had for getting over a breakup. When Dean is back next week, we're going to go over that. But before we go, I do have a dating term that I want to ask you about. So mm -hmm. we were doing this every week. I've, we've been kind of slacking. But uh, we do this thing where I ask a dating term. I think you've participated in this before i ask you what you think it yeah. is and then i tell you what it actually is yeah, ready very fun. all right seeing how you're we've i feel like friends Talking has been to the mic babe sorry um she's always telling me what to do <laughs> so why has friends been a topic of conversation because they're doing the reunion they just finished filming the reunion got it okay so friends has been in the news recently so i have a dating term and it is called rossing Named after the character Ross on Friends. So what do you think the 2021 dating term Rossing could mean? It means that one person in the relationship thinks they're on a break and the other yeah, person be. does not. Gotta be. Uh, I'll, I'll come up with, I think that's gotta be, yeah. But I'll come up with something different just to be, uh, just to make it interesting. I'll say it's um, uh, <laughs> having a child with someone else no that doesn't work yeah. um, owning a monkey your your ex be, you know ending up being attracted to the opposite sex right yeah <laughs> loving dinosaurs i don't know it's got to be the i'm on a break thing i mean hey well how about this he, he's a he's like a paleontologist or something right it, it's when you're dating someone they're always digging up old stuff from the past to <laughs> over you, you know? oh that was very good rossing of course is inspired by the uh the constant utter of we were on a break uh legends have it that the only person ross took a break from was himself so like him if you continue swiping right and meeting potential partners, but your heart only aches for a certain unavailable Rachel, then you are rossing these dates. Stop wasting their time. Oh, so that's a little different. Yeah, it's a little it different. It is a little different. So apparently they think that Ross took a break from himself because even though he was dating other people, he really was just pining over Rachel, which was obviously the core storyline of the show. So this is saying that people do the same thing. I will say this. I think I was rossing people before dating Oh, I think you. we've all rossed before. Oh, yeah. Looking at date other people while we're still hung up on somebody specific. Oh, yeah. Big rossers in this podcast. Yeah, everybody tries to do that so, you know, they think they can move on or make the other person jealous. And then 
Well, one or the other usually happens. <laughs> have you rossed? Yes, I guess so. Yeah, I think you have to. Yeah. Yeah, I think you rossed. Yeah. A little roster you. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. A big thank you to Joe Piazza uh, for joining us. She was fantastic. Thank you to Anonymous for emailing us all the time. I'm curious if it's the same Anonymous or if it's a different Anonymous emailer every time. Of course it's different. I'd like to think it's different, but sometimes, you know, we have those loyal fan bases. I think it's Nick. I think it's Nick every time. It is really is Nick. Nick, Nick just Yeah, he gets his content from this podcast for his own podcast. I'm convinced of it. He's been emailing Anonymous for two years, I tell you. Uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Easton. Thank you, Becky. Thank you, Riley. Thank you, everybody who is listening. Please keep emailing us. We love your emails. Follow us on Instagram. And make sure you tune in next week. Dean will be here, and hopefully we all suck a little less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm late. I'm late for the important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com you deserve a moment to yourself every single day and a delicious bite of a keebler sandies can give you that comforting pause (sighs) celebrate the end of your workday with the melt in your mouth magic of a keebler sandies this magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by ernie and the keebler elves so as another busy wednesday flies by make the most of your me moment take a pause and enjoy a keebler sandies Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.